Okay, so you're going to look at the prayer now. Father, we praise you that we have your word, that you have been good to reveal yourself to us, to not leave us in the darkness of our sin and rebellion, that you have shown yourself and you have not shown yourself simply to demonstrate your wrath against our sin and to show us our misery, that you have shown yourself to us graciously and mercifully, that we might understand that you love us and that you've made provision for our salvation. Indeed, you've made provision for our every need, spiritual as well as physical, and that you promise to be a God to us and to make us good people. Oh, we thank you that you have given us the Bible and that it's in our hands, in our hands tonight, that we enjoy the material prosperity whereby we can have this publication readily accessible, and that we have the political freedom to study it tonight without fear of being molested or afflicted because we have come together as your people. We ask that you would help us to keep in mind at all times the blessing of this word that is right here in our hands. Forgive us for the fact that we so often put it aside and ignore it. We so often are poor students of it. And even when we are good students of it, we confess, Father, we so often live disobediently and against our better knowledge. We ask that you would sanctify us more purely and fully and thoroughly tonight. We pray for the power of your Spirit to not only read with understanding, but also to walk with obedience. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 3. And I'd like to read the entire chapter as we begin this evening. We'll do a little bit of review and then pick up where we left off last time. Although I was a little unsure when I was preparing for tonight. I don't know why that is, but I, I wasn't positive where we stopped expositing. So maybe you can help me there, but... Let's read it and do a little review first. Hebrews 3. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, even Jesus, who is faithful to him that appointed him, as also was Moses in all his house. For he hath been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, by so much as he that built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by someone, but he that built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were afterward to be spoken. But Christ as a son over his house, whose house are we, if we hold fast our boldness and the glory of our hope firm unto the end? Wherefore, even as the Holy Spirit saith, Today, if you shall hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, like as in the day of the trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by proving me and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was displeased with this generation, and said, They do always err in their hearts, but they did not know my ways. As I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, Lest aptly there shall be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief and falling away from the living God. But exhort one another day by day so long as it's called today, 
lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we are become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence firm unto the end. While it is said, Today, if you shall hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For who, when they heard, did provoke? Nay, did not all they that came out of Egypt by Moses? And with whom was he displeased forty years? Was it not with them that sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that were disobedient? And we see that they were not able to enter in because of unbelief. And that's for God's word. Chapter 3 begins by exhorting us to meditate, to bear in mind who Jesus Christ is. He is the apostle and high priest of our confession. And in particular, Jesus is commended for being faithful in the task to which God sent him. Faithful even as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. However, verse 3 says, Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. And why is that? There are two reasons. Can anyone remember those two factors? What is it that makes Jesus worthy of more glory? Paula? Try one. What is, I'm sorry? Right. Okay. So the first thing is that Moses is part of the house. Jesus built the house. Another way of putting it, Moses is a servant. Jesus is the Son. When you think about that, uh, would you give more honor to the servant than to the Son within a house? Obviously not. It would not be the ordinary state of affairs. But then there's a preposition that's different, too. Moses is a servant in, in the house. Jesus is the Son.